You're listening to KCOU Columbia, 88.1 FM. edition of KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. We are online as always on KCOU.FM, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers here in Columbia. My name is Kyle Jones. I am joined as always by my good friend Cole Tusing and then our special guest, you probably heard him on Sports Saturday if you tuned in to us. Uh, you know, we liked him so much we decided to bring him back. Chance Stickland is back in the studio with us here on K and C. How you doing, big boy? Hey, I'm doing well. It is uh we're bright and early on a Tuesday morning, but uh the best time to talk sports with you two guys. So glad to be here. Truly is. Cole, how are you doing? I'm doing good right now. Um this is probably gonna be one of my actually this is gonna be the last time I'm gonna be on KNC Sports being 19 years old, so looking forward to that. Yeah, you got the birthday coming up. When is that exactly? It's May 5th, so it's this Sunday. May 5th, this Well, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to make a road stop. We're going <laughs> Cole, Cole and I and our good friend Joey, we're going down to we're going down to Knoxville to call the baseball series between Mizzou and the Tennessee Volunteers. So Cole, we'll have to make a detour on our way back to Columbia to pick you up some birthday cake or something. I think I uh, have spoken to Joey Miller about this occasion, so I think I'm I'm well aware of what's going to be going on. I know there's a I know there's a cupcake shop in <laughs> Nashville who it, did did Joey tell you who recommended all these? No. Nash- so so the the wonderful the wonderful Akira Levy, who of as, as many know um, is you know on our basket on our women's basketball team here in Mizzou. Grew up in Baxter, Tennessee. It's not too far from Knoxville. And she would go to Knoxville occasionally, right? And this is what Joey told me. So I'm not, this is not the primary source, but this is Joey told me after one of the women's basketball games, you know, they do, you know, they do all the little player meet and greet stuffs and whatnot. And, you know, Akira is friends with Case, who is friends with Joey and Cole and I. And so they kind of, you know, mutual friends kind of, they met up and Joe was like, so Akira, uh, we're going down to Knoxville. You got any suggestions on food? And she gave us the list. Oh, I'm sure. So we've got, we've got the, the native Tennessee. So we got the number one source for food down there. All yes. Right. So, so that is, that's how we've gotten all of our ideas of where to eat. A, stu- no- a student, a athlete, student with athlete with the best recommendation. With the best recommendation. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, we got a great show for y'all this uh, this morning. We got uh, some little draft recaps. You know, I know y'all talked about the draft on Sports Saturday, but we still had the later rounds that happened after y'all went off the air. Stanley Cup playoffs are in full swing along with the NBA playoffs. And then I have a little special surprise after the first break for both of y'all. A personal question that I want you to answer for me. All that and more after the break, you're listening to KNC Sports Live on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. The 2018 NFL Draft is now officially open. 
Tune into Undrafted for the best sports talk of the week. Catch Parker Reem. I'm an above-average Packers fan. The Bills are a very bad team. They are utter trash. And Turner Klingenmeyer. Definitely draft stuck up. I'm going with coffee tables. But that Bears defense. Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Only on KCOU 88.1 FM. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Mizzou Softball and Baseball on KCOU is brought to you by B&B Bagel. B&B Bagel offers some of the best breakfast in Columbia and is conveniently located a few minutes off campus at 124 East Naifong Boulevard. For their hours and more information, visit their website, bbbagel.com, or call them at 573-442-5857. For updates on their hours and specials, follow them on Facebook and Twitter as well. KCOU would like to thank B&B Bagel for their continued support of KCOU Sports and Student Radio. And welcome back one and all. KNC Sports here on KCOU. Kyle Jones, Coltis, and Chen Stickland here in the studio for you. And we start, as I mentioned, with a little personal question. Because I have a dilemma, boys. I have a big darn dilemma. Well, Kyle, get it out. Here is my dilemma. On Saturday, two of two two incredibly important soccer games are occurring essentially simultaneously. I've got the Texian Derby, as it is called, between the Houston Dynamo and FC Dallas. It's a huge game. It's one. It's one of the biggest ones, you know, of the year. It's it's something that every Dynamo fan gets really excited for. Um, the cool thing about it is whoever wins the uh, the season series between the two teams at the end, they get to keep a cannon. Oh, that's cool. An actual cannon that like. Fires blanks before before the start of every home game. Super cool. Um, blows your ears out. That's awesome. Um, Just like they do in the zoo. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Um, but on the other hand, AFC Wimbledon, who my favorite small English soccer team, I, I love them, um, are playing their final game of the season. If they win or draw, they are safe. But if they lose they'll be relegated. And I'm scared. Yeah. So so should I should I give myself the heart attack of like watching the Wimbledon game and potentially seeing my team get relegated? Or do I go with the safe bet and watch a Dynamo team that's got a whole lot of momentum. They've only lost once this season. We're like, you know, almost 10 games in. And it's a big, you know, it's a big rivalry match, and it's going to be fun, and there's a good chance of them winning. I'll take the first stab at this question. Personally, I'm not for heart attacks, so let's start there, medically. Second off, I don't watch soccer at all, 
So I'm going to go with the positive option. I'm going to go with option two there and watch the Dynamite team yeah. um, over the AFC Wimbledon team. But I, of all people, and I don't know, Cole might be different, but I don't watch any soccer. And so when it comes time to anything soccer, players, stats, coaches, you name it, chances a uh, essentially... It's not that I've lost my brain, but it's that I don't have any, like, recognition, any just knowledge or anything about the sport. That, of all sports, is something I really, really want to grow up on and, you know, gain more knowledge. Because I know it is one of those sports that is coming into, not existence, because it's already in existence, but it's something I think it's becoming more popular over the last couple years. It's spreading like wildfire across America, which, if if you're a soccer fan like I am, who I've been around since, you know... Since the MLS was a retirement league, which you could argue it still is, yeah. you know. And if I'm not mistaken, you're actually wearing a soccer jersey I am. in I'm, studio, the orange dynamite jersey. I'm, yep, I'm repping my dynamo today. I'm going to probably rep Wimbledon on Saturday just to, you know, if I don't watch the game, I can at least, you know, exactly. at least support them. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Cole, your turn. Um, I guess, you know, going off a chance and everything, once again, I am also not a big soccer fan and. You know, that's a big reason why Kyle's a big soccer fan, but we don't talk about soccer on that much show, yeah. on the show. And if we do, you pretty much say everything. I'm just, you know, sitting there just nonchalant, just listening. But right. I guess my stab at it is personally the Wimbledon game just because of the other sports we've seen where teams have, it seems like they have, you know, nothing to play for. And we've seen like the greatest comebacks and like biggest sports stories like in history, you think of like, you know, the Cavs being down three one against the seventy three nine Warriors. You think of the Patriots and Tom Brady being down twenty eight to three in the Falcons in the Super Bowl. You just think of like all these great comebacks and great stories that we've seen in you know history. Yeah, and, and Wimbledon is a great story. I won't get too much into it because it's a, it's a slightly long story. But basically, the team existed as Wimbledon FC back in the nineties. They won an FA Cup against Liverpool. Um, Who I do know, I have recognized right. that. Yeah, you, you'll recognize Liverpool. Um, and then due to financial mismanagement, the owner of the club moved the team to Milton Keynes. Now, in America, moving a franchise is not commonplace, but we, we're used to it a little bit more, you know? In England, moving a franchise, that's like that's like murdering that city's puppy. Like, you don't do that over in England. And so... The fans of Wimbledon FC said, no, we're not moving to Milton Keynes. You can run away with your franchise club. And they started their own independent club at the bottom of the English football pyramid. AFC Wimbledon worked themselves up. And after, like, I guess 17 years at this point, I think the club was founded in, like, 2002, um, they are now in league one. So it's a, it's a beautiful story. They're a fan owned club, just like the, yeah. pa- just like uh, the, the Packers are. Um, so it's a great story. So you talk about, you talk about stories and narratives. Wimbledon, definitely one that I've always enjoyed following, but onto, onto sports. We can actually break down a little bit more. The NFL draft. I think it's a good place to start. Um, because some interesting happenings after y'all went off the air, on Saturday, but to run through the highlights for you, just off the top of my head, Kyler Murray going number one, I think was big. The fact that Drew Locke slipped into the second round in itself, I think is big. Um, But then getting picked up by the Broncos, I think is even bigger because that's, 
I think we all kind of knew he was going to go. I knew he was going to go to the Broncos. I've been I've been saying that for the past about two three months. But I thought he was going to be the the first pick that the Broncos went after. I thought he was going to wind up as the uh, as the number ten pick. Yeah, I will take the opportunity here to kind of talk about where you know what Cole and I talked about on Saturday, and Cole and I had a pretty different position on, you know, Kyler Murray going first and, you know, whether he was the better talent um, of the guys who were up near the top of the board to go first. Um, you know, like I, I told Cole on, you know, Sports Saturday, you know, a kid who wins the Heisman Trophy, the, all the vibe was around him. I think, I don't know what percentage of the country knew this was going to happen, but I would say a good majority of the country knew I, that Kyler yeah. was going to go first. I think we, that was kind of the sort of agreed-upon notion, even with all of Cliff Kingsbury yeah. saying, Josh is our guy, whatever. We all knew it Well, was and what I think Kyler. is other really, really interesting is there are so many analysts out yes. there. There, I mean, you read, I had to have read, before the draft on Thursday, the first round, I think I had to have read six, seven, eight articles. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting is they're all similar in a way. They might have two or three picks that are different, but like you've got Mel Kuyper. You've got all these guys who, Adam Schefter. Todd McShay does exa- one, I could, yeah. You could name them. And I think it's very interesting because they all have sort of the same perspective on it. But again, Arizona had the first pick, and I think that Kyler, especially in this draft, um, and there were a lot of good players to be taken at that yeah, number one yeah. spot. Dwayne Haskins was up there. Dwayne Haskins. Quinnen Williams was up there. Nick Bosa, even. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, and then to the Drew to t- talk about Drew Locke for a little bit. I am surprised that he slipped to the second round. Um, I thought he was not easily, but I thought he was a top five quarterback in this past draft. Oh yeah. Um, he's got so. I mean, he's got he's incredibly talented. Um, and I Barry Odom touched upon it uh, in an interview on I believe the NFL Network. Possibly on Wednesday or Thursday. I'm not sure if you guys know which day I'm talking about. I, I, I think it was on Thursday. But he was interviewed. Yeah. And just talking about how, you know, his senior leadership, his caliber leadership, um, you know, what Mizzou meant to him, what he did to Missouri as a football team. Because I think, if I'm not mistaken, Drew played under three different offensive coordinators, yep. he, he which had, is very, very hard. He had the rotating offense coordinator. He had almost every season one of his key wide receivers get hurt. Yep. And he still managed to break SEC records yep. and put up phenomenal numbers. And I think that's what makes him so special. Cole, what do you think about kind of the what we've been talking about with the Murray pick? I know that you and me had a different position on Saturday. And then kind of um, going back and, you know, breaking down Locke's situation now that he has been drafted by the Broncos. Well, I guess going back to the Kyler Murray uh, pick everything. I know, you know, we talked about it on Saturday and Kyle, I guess I'll just, you know, basically touch upon what I was saying on Saturday was I was saying, obviously, you know, Josh Rosen just had his rookie year. And when you take a look at his, you know, wideouts and his weapons, the best option you have is like 37 or 38 Larry Fitzgerald, who, you know, that's not the best option for a rookie quarterback. And I just feel like, you know, getting rid of Josh Rosen after, his rookie year when you're not even giving him the best options, I think is a little bit disappointing and a little embarrassing for the Arizona Cardinals because you're not giving him a few years just to show him what you can really do. You're basically giving up on a guy 
when you didn't even really have faith in them to begin, to begin with. I mean, you talk about a shambolic organization. The The Cardinals are quickly turning into what the Browns used to be. Um, yep. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see an O, you know, an o for season from the Cardinals in the near future. Yeah. And I'll tell you, you like, talk, you, you bring up Cleveland. Cleveland's been a team that's been under the mud and in the yeah. ditch for so long. And now, look, I mean, you got Jarvis Landry, you got Odell Beckham, you, you got, got Kareem Hunt, you got Baker. I mean, it's so funny. And I, this is why I love sports. For one, this is one of the main reasons I love sports. A team can literally be terrible, have a zero in their winning column, and two or three seasons later, a couple head coaches later too. It's an entire different ball club, and I think that they're going to be a. I think they're going to be a real problem uh, in that division with Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and I'm drawing a blank. Baltimore. 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 Oh yeah, especially when the you look, AFC is at the North. Yes. Yeah. Especially when you look at you look at Pittsburgh is shambolic themselves in terms of all the backs, all the locker room politicking going on there. I, I wouldn't especially su- this especially this offseason. I would not be surprised to see Mike Tomlin get fired at the end of the year. The Ravens, while Lamar Jackson is coming in and that could be the future, I don't know if that's the future right now. The Bengals haven't been good in years. Like what's the what about this hypothetical? What if you open this season with Kyler Murray, he doesn't do what you expect, and then you draft like Trevor Lawrence or Tua Tagovailoa in the Nets NFL draft and you cut Kyler Murray. I just uh, okay, so that's that is a situation. I don't see that happening. Me I neither. see Kyler. He performed super well at Oklahoma. I think he's gonna now. And I get it where you say, oh, you know, do you give Josh Rosen, you know, rookie year that he's out? It's very hard because if they hadn't drafted. Kyler Murray, who would they have gone after in that first, that very first pick? Who else did they need desperately? Now, do they need a quarterback desperately? No, and I agree with your point on the Josh, on the, uh, you know, the Rosen thing. But it's very hard. Who do you pick up as a first overall pick in that yeah. draft with so many good names, including Murray, uh, on the board? That's the, that's, that's the question. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of owners and teams and who you name, you know, had a tough decision with that. Um, getting back to Locked, though, for a few minutes while we have it. You know, and I talked to Cole on the uh, talk, I talked to Cole about this several times on Saturday. So many teams had an opportunity to pick up oh, Locke. Yeah. And I'm surprised, I'm honestly shocked that Denver's first pick was not Locke. Because, right. I mean, Elway came to Faroe Field to watch Drew play last season and obviously saw something that bloomed. I mean, he fawned over the yeah. kid. For- so I think it's, do you guys think it's shocking that Denver didn't go after him very, very first? Or are you guys like, oh, it makes sense that he went after, you know, a couple picks and got picked up in the second round? I'll tell you, I think it's an absolute master play by the Broncos. And it was a crazy, it was a crazy gamble that, you know, shouldn't have worked, but did. And I think that the Broncos were benefited by the Giants being really, really stupid. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, we can talk about the Giants and the Daniel Jones debacle and all that. But I do agree with what Kyle's saying. Like, it is a true blessing of how this all worked because Drew Locke is a first-round talent and you draft him in the second round. But with the picks you got with the Pittsburgh Steelers pick that you traded, away, that you traded and, you know, you got Noah... I think it's Falkerson from Iowa, the tight end, who's considered... Yeah, Noah Font. Noah Font, who's considered the best tight end in college football. So it's basically like Drew Locke's Alberto Kuebenam. Yep. It's great that they are able to still get their quarterback of the future with all those other great picks. 
And not only Locke, but Mizzou had a couple other guys. Yeah, Ter- uh, Terry, Terry Beckner, Beckner Jr., went, Emmanuel Hall. Well, actually, Emmanuel Hall did not get drafted. He didn't get drafted. But he's... Yeah. He's on my Chicago Bears. But yeah. the Beckner the Beckner news was big, too. Yeah, Beckner going to the Buccaneers in the sixth or fifth round. I think it was fifth. Yeah, I think it was one of the earlier rounds. He was, he was the first pick in his round. I know that for sure. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you. It was I, seventh round. You know, it was the this seventh? is... This isn't quite NFL talk, but, you know, going just going back to talk about Mizzou football for a second. I like where Mizzou's at right now. I know the NCAA sanctions are, you know, a pain if you're a football team where none of the athletes, none of the players on the team were involved during this incident. But at the same time, I think that Mizzou has handled it well. Um, I'm excited to see what uh, the incomer Kelly Bryant um, can do. And I think that, honestly, I think Mizzou's in a good, pretty good position. I could be wrong. They could lose a ton of games. They could, but... But I think that, you know, uh, Kelly Bryant's a different style quarterback than Drew Locke, which I think is very, very important. He's not as... Um, I wouldn't say he's as multi-talented uh, on the field as Drew was, especially in the air. I mean, he's better on the ground. Right. He doesn't have, he doesn't have the long-distance arm that Drew has, but he's he's got the scramble ability. He can yep. move outside the pocket. We saw flashes of that in the spring game. Yep. Um, I can't wait to see it against an actual opponent. Yeah, I'm excited to see... Uh, Wyoming. Yeah. Well, yeah, That I'm just excited to kind of see how Mizzou football just plays this season, knowing, hey, we might make the postseason, we might not make the postseason, and then kind of how Barry and his staff, Barry Odom, that being... Um, handles it, you know, moving forward. It'll be really interesting to see. Call your final thoughts. Um, I guess, you know, my final thought is, you know, obviously Emmanuel Hall going to my Chicago Bears. Your Houston Tetsons got two players, Demario Crockett and Walter Palmore. My yep. Chicago Bears, my Texans. I might as well throw out my team then. I'm the Kansas City guy. Yeah. So, uh, hey, Chief said, uh, we got Mahomes for a couple more years, I think. You um, got the curse, really, though. You I'll, tell you, curse, I'll tell though. you, it really stinks. Uh, and unfortunately, it ha- he had to go. But, you know, it really sucks to lose Kareem and Tyreek, two of our best players. But obviously, what they did is just completely unacceptable. And what's very upsetting about that, and I talked to a lot of people about this, they're incredible football players. Exactly. Why can't they be incredible men off the field? You, you, there's a separation. Yeah. It's an unfortunate and separation. And it's very sad that these guys are making millions of dollars. They can make incredible throws, incredible runs, score as many touchdowns as they can. But then off the field, it's just a whole different game. So this is Chance Dicklin as a sports journalist at the University of Missouri. Pretty professional athlete out there. Play good on the field and also treat your wives, treat your sisters, treat your moms like you would any other person with respect. Yeah, seriously. Be, be nice to people. We're going to take a short break when we come back. Playoff hockey in full swing. We're going to break it down on KNC Sports. Missouri Tiger football and basketball are brought to you by El Rancho. Catch every Mizzou football game and Mizzou men's basketball game on KCOU 88.1 FM and on KCOU.FM. While you are online, check out El Rancho's website at www.columbiamomexicanfood.com or visit them downtown at 1014 East Broadway. Thank you, El Rancho, for supporting KCOU Sports. Saving energy saves you money. Whether you switch to Energy Star light bulbs, install Energy Star appliances, or add extra insulation. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. 
tune into High and Tight with me and my co-host Logan Perone as we catch you up on the latest signings, trades, news, scores, and highlights from around America's pastime. Every Sunday at 11 a.m. on the 88.1 FM stream and on our website KCU.FM on the Blue Box. Welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM. Columbia, Kyle Jones, Coltusing, Chance Sticklin in the studio this morning for you. And we've got playoff hockey to talk about. The Stanley Cup playoffs in full swing of the second round. E- even before the second round game started, we already knew it was going to be a wild one. But now that they have begun... We, we we see it's even crazier than we than we anticipated. So let's start with the Western Conference. Let's start with the top left corner of the bracket, so to speak, the Central Division teams and the Dallas Stars, the wild card in that corner of the bracket, playing the St. Louis Blues and the Blues have a two-one lead in the series, but every game has been incredibly close. So yeah. we'll start with you, Chance. Yeah, it's been... Um, St. Louis has not seen a lot of these, and so it's been super cool to watch, um, especially a guy who grew up in Missouri um, from Joplin, but the other corner of the state. I think it's really cool, though, to see St. Louis uh, performing so well. Um, they have not won a Stanley Cup before. Um, but I was actually just reading an article before I clicked on this, and it says... Um, they won Game Three, courtesy of a Mar- of Maroon's late goal to take Game Three. Um, I think with hockey, it's so fun to watch these games because it's just <laughs> it's a different type of a sport. It is. It's not like I mean, it's it's not like football. It's not like baseball. It's not like soccer. It's its own sport, and especially playoff hockey. I mean, some people take it seriously, and I think it's really fun. But going back to the other matchups, um, you know. They've all been very, very good so far. I'm also impressed with, um, I like the way, let's see, Carolina's been playing, Boston's always in this thing, Colorado's always, I mean, there's a lot of good talent in this thing. Um, I don't think St. Louis is the best of them all. Um, I think that they go out soon. I could be wrong. Um, Boston's always a good favorite to pick. Um, They've seen their fair share. Um, but yeah, playoff hockey, it's fun. It's exciting. Actually, um, let's see tonight. There are two games, uh, Boston at Columbus and then San Jose at Colorado. That first game's at 6 PM. The second game with San Jose and Colorado is at 9 PM. So two good games. Um, it should be, it should shape up to be, uh, pretty fun. It'll be interesting to see. And, you know, so you talk about the Blues maybe not being the best team in this bracket. The deal is, especially with playoff hockey, and I've, I've watched I've watched a lot of playoff hockey. Um, being a Penguins fan, I get that privilege. Um, it doesn't matter how good you are. It matters how hot you are. It matters how just, if you're trending upward, you, you have a good chance of winning the Stanley Cup. That's what, that's what the Penguins were so good at for the past, you know, past couple seasons. In fact, it kind of, it was evidenced this season 
where they limped into the playoffs and got swept in the first round. In previous years, when they went on and won the Stanley Cup, they had an all right first half of the season, kind of had a down period where people were like, are they going to make the playoffs? Are they not? I mean, what's going to happen here? Surge upward at the end of the year, make a big push to get into the playoffs, and then once you're in, keep pushing, and that momentum is what kept the Penguins and sent them to back-to-back Stanley Cups. The Blues are in a similar position where they pushed and pushed to get that, you know, that third spot. Same with the Stars. They pushed for the wild card. Now they're both in. They are continuing to push. And that is what is making this second-round series so compelling and so close is because this is two teams on similar tracks of momentum battling it out for the next round. If you want to talk about, you know, St. Louis Blues and everything, Obviously, you know, a lot of, you know, Mizzou, Missouri fans and students are fans of St. Louis Blues. Kyle, you're the Penguins fan. I'm the Blackhawks fan. And obviously, the Blackhawks are not in the playoffs. But, you know, it's whatever. I've seen the Blackhawks win a few Stanley Cups in my day. I was just going to say, hey. I'm fine with that. Yeah. (laughs) But I guess going back to the St. Louis Blues, they have, you know, a game tomorrow night in Dallas. The series, they're up 2-1 to right now. So, if the Blues are able to win that game in Dallas, Game Five goes back to St. Louis, so that could be the series right there. I yes. like the uh, the series between the between Winnipeg and St. Louis was really good too. It was very competitive. It was, yes. Um, that was really really fun. I just think it's very. I've never also been a hockey person, but the two times I will watch playoff sports that I don't necessarily watch in the offseason, I will always watch the World Cup and I will always watch the Stanley Cup playoffs. I don't watch the regular season at all. I don't follow a team. I say St. Louis because I'm a Missouri person, so I root for the team. But at the same time, it's the same thing with the FIFA World, you know, with the World Cup. I love watching the U.S. It's very talented. And not only are, not only is the sport itself fun, seeing the fans, soccer fans. Oh, yeah. And I know, Kyle, I know you you can you fit into this group. Soccer fans, I mean, I love it. They go crazy. The flags are everywhere. It's screaming. Chanting, you yep. name it, you and the same the thing banners. with ho- the same thing with hockey. You know, and I've never been. I don't know if you. I'm sure. Have you guys ever been to a hockey? Game? I've never even I been have. to a hockey game. So, I'm sure it's exciting. So we used to have an AHL team down in Houston. We used to have the Houston Arrows, and they were great. They were a darn good AHL team. They they used to win the Calder Cup, which that's like a Stanley Cup. The AHL they used to yeah. win that like. Almost every year, if they weren't winning the Calder Cup, they were at least really, really close to winning the Calder Cup. And so I used to go, not all the time, but I'd go to a couple games. They played at Toyota Center where the Rockets play, and those games were an absolute blast. And I'm sure you've you've been to Blackhawks games, haven't you, Cole? Yeah, I've been to, God, I don't know how many Blackhawks games I went to, but... You know, the Blackhawks obviously play in the United Center where yeah. that's also where the Chicago Bulls play. So I have to, I, I was lucky enough to see the Bulls, I believe it was oh, two spring breaks ago, and that place was they actually who did they I think they played the mm, the Grizzlies, maybe. Oh my. Um so that was a fun one. But yeah, no, it's I think it's really, really fun to watch these teams and the support they get um in the postseason. Yeah, but you look at you know, you talk about support. I mean Look at Carolina mm-hmm. and that team. This is their this is their first experience of playoff hockey. Not just you know getting close to a Stanley Cup, but just playoff hockey in general in a long time. And they are showing out. It is impressive. And it's really a different. Um, you talk about you know showing out and impressive. 
playoff hockey is a lot different than regular season hockey. It is. Um, and I think the same thing applies for the Major League Baseball playoffs, too. Um, the You know, all that stuff. I think it's really just fascinating. Um, and I have a lot of friends. I know a lot of people who tune in just for the playoffs. And they won't watch any of the regular season. Do I like that idea? No. But at the same time... It works for basketball. It, yeah. Um, but I think it's really cool to see um, the support and, you know, all of the uh, extra vibe and you name it, this and that, um, that circle circles and, you know, lingers around uh, the playoffs for each of these different sports. That doesn't necessarily get national ratings. They get national ratings, but it's not to the point where the NBA playoffs and Major League and the NFL, the Super Bowl, and all the, the right. March Madness, I could go on and on and on. But I think it's really cool to see um, the support that these uh, different organizations and teams get um, as they get into the postseason. But if you want to talk about how interesting and entertaining the Stanley Cup playoffs have been, literally, if you look at every single division in this bracket, a 1C gets upset by a wildcard team. You look at you know, Nashville, who that was my pick to win the Stanley Cup this year, they got upset by Dallas. Uh, the Calgary Flames got upset by the Colorado Avalanche. Tampa Bay got upset by the Blue Jackets. And the Capitals got upset by Carolina. It's been a very unpredictable season. And I, and I, I think that's just that's something that's indicative of, you know, just how great each team is. You know, there's no true powerhouse. Yes, the the Lightning cruised easily to a President's Trophy. They were the best team in the regular season. It did not matter. Columbus went to their house and kicked Tampa Bay right in the mouth and swept yeah. them. Looking at a couple of statistics too while we're, you know, nearing the end of our hockey talk, um, Mark Stone um, has the most offensive points. Um, he's also you know, six goals. Um, and then John Klingberg um, what a from, name. from Dallas, uh, seven plus or minus. Um, so I just think it's cool. And I, again, this is another sport that I'd like to, you know, improve my knowledge of the game on. Um, because I tend to, I don't know, and I don't know about you guys, but I tend to find myself liking the same three or four sports every single season. Right. And it's, you know, I, I have an NBA team, I have a baseball team, and I have a football team. And other than the other than college college basketball, right. obviously, yeah, we, we, all go to, college, we, we all go to Mizzou. Yeah, college um, sports are, yeah. It's something I definitely want to brush up on and kind of um, grow a greater understanding of each of these sports. Yeah, and I think the, the, the only way to truly do that is by watching them. That's that's one of the beauty of sports is that... Completely agree. Yeah, the more you watch things, the the more... Like, I, I, have, I have discovered and fallen in love with cricket. Over the past few months, and I, I did it simply by turning on the TV one day, and there was cricket on, and I said, "All right, I'll just watch this." And you know, I watched yeah. for two, three hours. I'm like, "All right, I think I know what's going on." Yep. But yeah, so we're gonna take another break when we come back. NBA playoffs, which, while maybe not as many games being played in terms of each series, still has just as much drama, probably even more. Then the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're going to break it all down when we come back. You're listening to KNC Sports Live on KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia. Make sure to start your week off right by listening to General Emission on KCOU 88.1 FM from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. every Monday morning. I think he's wrong, though. You're, it's a you're agreeing move. and disagreeing There's, on the same topic. I'm not disagreeing with you. 
I'm not disagreeing that it wasn't a smart move. I'm just not disagreeing with Anthony Davis's dad either. Once again, that's general admission from 8 to 9 a.m. on KCLU 88.1 FM for the latest updates from the MLB, NFL, NBA, and the NCAA. Whether it be t-shirts for your charity event or jerseys for your intramural team, one-to-one print shop can handle your custom apparel needs. If you need inspiration crafting a design, you can follow them on Facebook and Instagram at one-to-one print shop to check out some of their latest work. You can also visit their website at one-to-one-printshop.com. That's O-N-E-T-O-O-N-E printshop.com. KCOU would like to remind you that Missouri Tiger football and basketball are brought to you by El Rancho. Catch every Mizzou football game and Mizzou men's basketball game on KCOU 88.1 FM and on KCOU.FM. While you are online, check out El Rancho's website at www.columbiamomexicanfood.com or visit them downtown at 1014 East Broadway. Thank you, El Rancho, for supporting KCOU Sports. Welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia online at KCOU.FM. Kyle Jones, Cold Susan Chance Stickland in the studio today. And my word, these NBA playoffs, boys. These NBA playoffs. We had an interesting first round. Nothing too crazy. Bucks and Celtics swept. I think a lot of people kind of expected that. The Rockets almost swept. The Blazers almost swept the Thunder or something. Maybe not. Maybe people weren't entirely expecting, but in my opinion, it was entirely deserved. And then uh, Sixers won their first round. Raptors won their first round. I think everyone knew that was going to happen. Yep. But uh, the, two, the, the two first round series that got truly interesting, the Warriors almost went seven against the Clippers. Which, don't know how that happened. Yeah. And then the Nuggets went seven against the Spurs and wound up coming out the better team. Yeah, last night, um, the Sixers, uh, let's see, beat the Raptors. That game well, was... The Raptors, yeah, the Sixers beat the Raptors. Yeah, yeah. that game was... Uh, that game got out of hand early. Oh, yeah. Um, it was. I'm not sure if it was a 15 or 20-point swing. Um, I was actually at Freddy's last night and looked at the score, and it was really um, pretty ugly. Um, and it's really, I don't know, it's shocking to me. You know, they got Kawhi Leonard over at Toronto. They've got Jimmy Butler, though, at, um, and Philly, um, who also, you know, is a former Timberwolf, uh, who played great for them. Let me see here. Butler had 30 points last night, 11 rebounds and five assists. Kawhi, on the other hand, um, 35 points, seven rebounds and six assists. Um, so let's see the game. Let's see. The series is now tied at one apiece. And then on the other side of that, um, that's the East. And then on the West, We've got the Nuggets and the Trailblazers. Uh, the Nuggets, let's see, won last night, 121 to 113. Uh, Damian Lillard had 39 points, three rebounds, and six assists for Portland. And then I know Cole's going to hand me a <laughs> laugh when I say this. Is it, it's, is it Jokic? Yep. 
It's Jokic. Jokic. Nikola Jokic. Ah, I'm so close. I'm going to have that name down by the end of the semester. The Joker, <laughs> as I call him. Yeah, 37 points, nine rebounds, and six assists for the center out of Denver. Um, what do you guys think about those four teams? Um, what do you guys kind of see moving forward? Um, and Kyle, I, I kind of jumped a little forward from what you were talking about with those teams. But now that we're in the semifinals, what do you guys think um, of these four teams? Well, I'm going to I'm going to 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 hold my comments about how these games are going until the very end. We're going to have and I, this this will be the second year that I do it. I did it last year during the playoffs with the the exact same situation. So I'm going to hold until the end of the show to work, until I do my my rant. I feel like there's, there's even more controversy with there probably last is. year. There probably is, but in terms of everyone not named the Warriors, the Rockets, yeah. I'm really, really like concerned for Milwaukee. I thought they were my favorite out of the East after yeah. that first series because they looked so darn good against the Pistons, and then they got humbled by Boston. Yeah. Absolutely humbled. I'm concerned for them. I, I, I think. I mean, honestly, Boston might have the edge here after Game One. They look so mm-hmm. strong. We might be seeing Boston advance here on the other half of that Eastern Conference bracket. Sixers and Raptors mm-hmm. are so even. Yeah. I am like a- after two games, I don't know who to choose. I want the Sixers to win because I trust the process. Um yeah. I I've, I've been wanting that to happen for a while now, especially with all the, you know, basketball adversity that the city of Philadelphia has had to face. Um yeah. But at the same time And I'll tell you the and I don't mean to interrupt you, but that other can that those other two teams in the Western, golly, you got Houston and you got Golden State. And I, you know, it's very hard to not say that Golden State is the most dominant team in this um the this set. Just because they have I feel and I don't know about you guys, but I feel like the last two or three seasons I've watched this team I, I love watching these guys play. I've seen them play in person. They're incredibly talented. But I just feel like every time... I, I don't feel like they're ever in a position where they don't have anybody on the floor who can shoot a basketball. And, 90, and nine times out of ten, it goes in. It's incredible. It's really incredible what Steve Kerr has built up uh, there on the West Coast. Um, I don't know, Kevin Durant, you guys think he's going to stick around with the team? Or do you guys think he leaves um, either after this season or next season? Uh, depending on, you know, money and this and that and contracts. I imagine he goes to the Knicks. Okay. At, uh, just just purely for money. Literally yeah. literally no other reason. I, for money, I think he winds up at the Knicks next season. But that's, that. you know, it's a good it's a good kind of transi- transition spot to lead to uh, where I eventually wanted to get with this show, where we're going to have a little bit of Kyle's musings here right at the end. Because we're going to talk about... Refereeing and consistency and whatever the hell that game one was, because yeah. that was—I don't know what that was. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's start with the easy with the easy parts. In the first quarter, not even the first half. In the first quarter, Clay Thompson stood under James Harden's jumper three times. There's photo evidence. Those three in the beginning of the game, kind of indisputable. The last one. I'm fine with people saying that, that that James kicked out, you know, and even the even the league came out and said that was the right call. I'm going to agree with that. That wasn't what changed the game. 
the three in the first are what changed the game. But even beyond that, I'd like some consistency on what gets called. Because those were getting called in the regular season and in the last playoff series against the Jazz. Mm -hmm. So why is it that suddenly, when it's Golden State, that's when we decide that we're not going to call this? It happens every year. Every year we get to a point in the playoffs where we stop calling things like we did in the regular season. And and I saw I saw this picture of I saw this report on Twitter that like nine times out of ten, Golden State's the one who benefits. Yeah. Well um, here's all right, I'll let you continue rant and I'll give my take on everything. So so there's that. So there's that. Cole, someone's gotta break up the gotta break up the feud. You gotta break it you gotta break me up. But no, I agree. It's definitely and before Cole gives his take, I don't think it's just controversial in the NBA. I think it's a I think it's been controversial all over all sports because even at the high school level, I was at uh, Rockbridge last week to shoot baseball, and you know, you you just I don't know you a strike zone is not the same strike zone in three innings for some odd reason. But Cole, I'll let you give your take, and then I'll go on my you know two minute rant about what I think about officiating uh, across the board. I mean, you're definitely right of how officiating definitely isn't consistent, especially you know other sports. You think of, I mean, I. Hate to trigger you as a Chiefs fan, but last year in the AFC Championship against the Patriots, especially in that overtime game, you think of the NFC Championship game with the Saints and the Rams, how the Saints were stolen out of a Super Bowl. I mean, this is the, I guess this is my take, and Kyle and Chance, you can comment on it, but obviously, you know, these sports leagues and everything, they're a business, and the referees know that they're a business, and yep. the leagues benefit when the most high profit and most profitable t- profitable teams are in the championship. Yep. It's, so it seems that way. I mean, way. we've seen that. You know, in years, you think of um, a few years ago when Allen Iverson, who was the MVP, went up against the more talented Milwaukee Bucks, and obviously Milwaukee Bucks had you know Ray Allen, and they were the more developed and more talented team. But obviously, Allen Iverson, you know, being the MVP, being such a popular player. They benefited with him being in the NBA Finals, so they sent the semi sisters to the NBA Finals. Yeah. You think of uh, the Dallas Mavericks versus the Miami Heat, of how that series was considered rigged. You think of the lakers Kings series yeah. that was rigged. Meaning, in your point, is you could go on and on and on. And I agree. This is the thing. I think it's it's very upsetting to Chance, especially. And I understand that this day and age, you it's all about money. It's marketing money, marketing money, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But... You know, you've got to think about, uh, let's take the NBA, for instance. You've got Steph Curry. You've got LeBron James. You've got uh, Kawhi Leonard. Um, There are several good athletes. I think it's very unfortunate that, you know, and I don't want to say officiating is built around these players because I don't think it necessarily is. But, you know, it's very true. And it's very, I just think, I, I laugh to myself when it's obvious when you watch a game whether it's the NBA, whether it's a baseball game or a football game, and something is called on one end, it is clearly not called on the other end. Right. And I think it's and I think it's the most, in my opinion, it's the most obvious in basketball because it's so up tempo, it's so fast paced, and so fouls are easily not called for one team that are called for the other team. But I think officiating has gotten to the point where, and I just think and I, this has not been going on for a while, but I think recently officiating has gotten to a point where. 
it, it almost it doesn't swing towards one team, but it almost feels like oh these officiated these these officiating crews are out to support one team. That's not the way it is. But when you watch a game and that's all you see, that's almost the way you feel as a fan. It, it feels, I mean, when you're it feels very suspect. I think you're right. It really does. It does feel like you know. Things are being swung. I mean, look at, you know, on the NBA playoffs website, I'm looking at it right now on the computer. The fourth video is labeled inside the NBA, what is a shooting foul? That's, that's literally the name of the video that I'm looking at right now on the NBA playoffs website I with have the one, bracket. I have, one, I have one word for that. That's uh, sad. If you go um, if you go onto just NBA.com, the second article in their latest around the NBA column, last two-minute report, Green did not foul Harden. Yeah. And that... And, what was your what was your article from? Was that an NBA or an NFL article? It's just if you search up the NBA playoffs yeah. bracket, it's so, a video saying what is a shooting so, foul. So to prove my point, I just said basketball is the most controversial. Those two articles just proved my point. I think it's the most obvious because again, it's the most it's the most up tempo. It's quick. It's back and forth. Football, yes, but it's a lot slower. Um, I, I don't know. It's just, and it's very interesting. This is one thing, though, that some people, if you don't agree on a subject, it's really opinion based. It gets heated. I mean, yeah. exactly. I mean, you look at tw- you look at Twitter. Yeah. And like, oh boy. Like Steve Kerr and the entire Golden State organization is trying to keep mum and being like, oh, we didn't do anything. And then Daryl uh, Morey, the the GM of the Rockets, is out there retweeting a picture of an article. Where uh, it was the headline was like Steve Kerr fined two hundred fifty thousand yeah. for criticizing the refs, and then everyone's like, all the Rockets fans are retweeting like actual statistics. I mean, the Rockets did analytic analytical analysis of all of Game Seven of last year's conference finals, and sent like they were gonna send a memo to the NBA, be like, hey, so uh, are y'all rigging us or? Uh, you know, because the numbers don't lie. They yeah. they spell disaster for you as sacrifice. I mean, when you talk about you know other sports and everything, think of, I mean, a sport that doesn't pay players. You think of the college football national championship last year between Clemson and Alabama. How there were a lot of calls that went Clemson's way, and the NCAA knew that they would benefit a lot more if Clemson stopped Alabama from winning another championship. Yeah, I definitely think to talk about the college. Yeah. And that's been something where they want to open it up to eight teams and not just restrict it to four. I like the eight teams because I think that personally, every single year, I, for some odd reason, I think the four team in is should not be the four team in. Um, and so I think that opening it up to an eight team playoff, um, this gets off track a little bit, but I think it gives some some teams up there a little more opportunity. You know, you had teams like Ohio State last year who could have. You know, there were different teams, but I yeah I agree, and it's it's one of those things where. As if, as a 21 year old sports fan and journalist, there's really very little I can do other than watch it and either moan or be happy. And you know, and it's very upsetting to be sitting on your couch at home and see two different calls go two different ways when it's really in real reality the same call, but not getting called for one team that's getting called for the other. Um, so Kyle, I, I, you know, I think it's very controversial, and I think it's been controversial. I don't know where it's gonna go. Um, I definitely think I hope it improves because if officiating should not determine the outcome of a game, I'll tell you where it really played a factor. You take the national championship for basketball, the Virginia um, Texas, oh, Tech. Texas Tech game. Yeah. I mean, come on. 
that's the most recent one that I can think of um, where, you know, Texas Tech, I, were they robbed? I don't know. But I know that's one that has been talked about for a long time. So I just like consistency and like accountability as well. Because one of the things that I don't see either is when these last two minute reports come out and we see, you know, the referees messed up on blankety, 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 blank, right? And no one gets fired, right? If I do a bad, if I do bad at my job, if I mess up consistently, I'm going to get fired. That's just how jobs work. But when referees mess up consistently, Mm -hmm. and in the NBA, it happens a lot. No one, there's no repercussions. And I think both of you guys can agree with this because I, I keep, I, I say this to a lot of people. I talk to you about sports. Officiating and whatever you're officiating has to be the most stressful thing. Can you imagine yeah, I that? I cannot. But Not same- even just a, you take a regular season game for any sport. Soccer, football, basketball. Then you get to the playoffs. Can you imagine officiating the Nash, the NCAA oh national? Oh my gosh! Champ- imagine, I, I, imagine messing up. Oh yeah. On national TV, the national. Everything, everything's recorded. You have Twitter, where it's just and it's I, just and a cesspool. This is going to get off the beaten path, but I want to bring it up because it's important too. When something is made wrong in sports, or something happens, I. I I've never seen a social media platform like Twitter. I mean, it just goes, blows off. It's insane. People, and I think it's really cool that technology has advanced so far in this world that you can do so much in so very little time. And it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, it's hard to be, can you imagine being a coach or being any of these guys and, you know, social media just goes off. If something goes wrong, like you said, Kyle, the video, the retweeting of the, you know, the video, um, it's just, it's so controversial. I don't know. I just, I have a weird, uh, feeling towards all of it, but I think to wrap up this conversation, um, there are, you know, eight great teams in the NBA playoffs right now. We'll have to see what happens moving forward. I think officiating is definitely uh, crucial right now. I think it improves. Um, it's going to take time, but I think that it definitely improves. I agree. But that's kind of just about wrap things up here on KNC. Thank you once again for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed. We're going to be back same time next week. Nothing on Sports Saturday due to Cole and I being down in Knoxville. Maybe we'll try to swing something so we can get some sort of live broadcast from goodness knows where. Well, you'll hear us in some capacity. I, I don't know. I don't know if we're on the call for the Saturday game. We might be the Sunday game. You, if you tune into the series, you'll hear us at some We are point. on the call for the Saturday game. Good stuff. Sweet. So, yeah, you'll, you'll, that's, you know, a, a, a weirdly manufactured Sports Saturday show from KNC. It'll be cool. Um, other than that, have a wonderful rest of your day. The Sonic the Hedgehog trailer just got released, so I'm going to go watch it and question the existence of God. Um, but other than that, have a wonderful rest of your week and a wonderful rest of your life. Thank you for listening to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers.
Hey, this is Brian. And Mikey. And Pat from Weezer.